And we are back for another week of the Sisters Acting Up podcast. I'm your friendly favorite girly host over here with the most. That's Ashlyn. And back to the microphone once again. I'm very happy to always be in this seat to embrace you guys. I'm glad that you guys always tune back in anytime I want to post an episode and act up on this microphone like we do every goddamn time. I appreciate every single one of you. Keep streaming the show out here uh spotify apple Podcasts, google play all of the streaming apps and platforms and we actually have a tiktok page i'm working on that's coming soon uh so definitely go over there and subscribe when that does come up it'll be probably up next episode uh make sure you guys always check the description to follow me on your socials follow me on twitter facebook all that other stuff um and and again always thank you guys, the family, you was my family. Y'all always, once again, continue to come back and listen to what the girl got to say all the time. And even the people that don't listen to the show, I always appreciate you sharing the show or telling a friend to tell a friend. Okay, now that that's off of the top, let's. what's been going on with me? We fully into the new year. We in 2024, y'all. It's already one week down fully, and it's been, I feel like this has been the longest shortest time in the week. <laughs> you know, I always feel at the top of the year, January is always like the longest month. It's like we just be going and going and you'd be like, that happened, this happened. And then you still got more time because 31 days in January. And then I think you still got the, the rust of the year before on you. So you're trying to like shake that off and get adjusted to the fact that now you got to say 2024, everybody license plate, Time to switch it over to 2024, you know. Everybody, uh, you know, your passports, your doctor's appointments, all of that stuff. It's time for you to switch it over and get adjusted to 2024, you know. But anyway, like, you know, I just I just always feel like the top of the year is always the best start to a new you or whatever it is that you're doing. And it's, it's really the consistency part because how you start the top of the year is literally how the rest of the things that you want to see play out in the rest of the year always happen. So that's always pretty much the mindset that I'm always in. Um, yeah. So with that being said, let's get into these goddamn topics. Let's go on and get in politics. <laughs> so last night I was watching, I was watching CNN and I'm watching everybody give their opinion on the January. So I'm actually recording this. Was this Sunday? Yeah, this is Sunday at the end of the week. So January 6th actually wasn't that far off. So last night I was watching on CNN. It was like some of the oldest shit ever, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but I was watching them talk about from that time in the presidency to now, now it being, you know, two years, was it 2021 to, I got I to count on my fingers, y'all, two, three, four. Yeah, that's, 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 that's two, that's two years. We, it'll be, th- yeah. Yeah, that's two that's two years. So they were talking about how the country is different and how that was a monumentous event and how things have changed. And I'm just sitting here watching it and thinking, like, what has changed in our country other than the fact that we don't have Trump in the office? You guys are on here talking about some white individuals that are probably all racist, more than likely. And they let their Trump flag and all of that out freely take over the Capitol because the guy that they love in office literally told them to do it without telling them to do it on TV. 
What kind of insane shit? Let me let me correct that. What kind of insane American shit is that? <laughs> you know, we sitting here making this a monumental event that some white people decided to. I shouldn't say white people because then all the white people that might listen might get offended by me saying that. Because it ain't all the white people. It's only a section of white people. You know, y'all, y'all, the Trumpsters. It was all of them. But you got all these people that took over the Capitol. And, you know, in that moment, I was just thinking as a black bisexual woman thinking like, dang, man, I'm all of the, I check all of the different minority groups that wouldn't be able to even go to the Capitol in there with them and do that. I would have been the only one in the whole crowd that would have been got shot. That You know what I'm saying? All these people stormed the Capitol January 6th back in 2021, took over the whole White House. And we watched it on TV as if any, nothing happened. And then I sit here two years later and I'm watching somebody on CNN break it down like it was a historic event that we'll never forget. Yeah, we never going to forget that. But, you know, there are some things that we could just not talk about that happened. Because what is the point of us even talking about this? And then you got Joe Biden ass and him. He over here, you know, the, the heat's on his blinking ass like always. You know, he's up there like, you know, fellow Americans. You know, it is is with it's it's the time to let you guys know that you know we need to play pray for Israel and all those things and you know you don't get too wrapped up in the Stanley Cup craze. <laughs> We're gonna talk about y'all in that damn cup in a second, but it's just it's just crazy because it's like we have a whole other country over here and America is supposed to be standing because our leader is standing with Israel. We're supposed to be funding all of this shit to go bomb these other countries and genocide. And then we just happen to be in an election year because four, of course, is always an election year, 2024, November, of course. And we're getting there. And you got this man on TV trying to fund, get us to get, give some money, give some money, give Joe Biden some blinking ass some money, give his old blinking ass on, on TV who don't give a shit that it's it's a million dollars to fill up your tank in the real world, you know, outside of him making the the, the plays in the, in the office, you know, forget me, regular person, you know, but we got to, we got to fund genocide. That's what you want us to do, Mr. Biden, you know, continue to do that. And then we got this other ugly thing that's going on called inflation that's rearing his other ugly head. We talk, I talk about it all the time on this show. Like we literally, Things that I would, 10 years ago, things that I see now in the grocery store are like insane. How is it that you can go to a fast food place in today's time and you can go and spend $20 for just one person? Fast food used to be cheap. What? what? Excuse me, Joe? What is you going to do about that, Mr. Biden? What is you going to do? Joe Daddy Biden, what is you going to do? Please tell me because, you know... Me voting for you, and then you got this other guy on the... I would never vote for Trump. I would never ask that this man be back in our... The head of this country running it. But you telling me to vote for you and, and, and all of this other stuff, you know, the funding of the genocide, and everybody has to pick a side and all of that, and that's continuing to happen. Thousands and thousands of Palestinians are getting slaughtered. You feel what I'm saying? Bombed on and journalists getting killed over there so they won't show what's really going on over there for real for real and and you you telling us like it's gonna be okay you know and it's and then when you look back in all the big election years and the candidates that we've had even in my time living and you know you listen to the older people they talked about 
I remember my grand my granddaddy voted for uh da, 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 president, you know, all of these talks and amongst your community and we just talk about it, it makes me really understand at 33 years old when we look at the the politics of it all and how it all boils down into what life has to come all these years later and every election is the same. We're always talking about the same thing. We're repeating the same cycles. It's what I always say. It's a goddamn independence movie. Independence Day. Where the fuck is Will Smith? Huh? <laughs> goddamn me. Fuck Will Smith. I was watching the other. I was watching last night. True Lies. Like, where is Arnold Schwarzenegger? You know, but he wasn't outside the Terminator. He didn't have like a million movies that in the series except Terminator. But goddamn Terminator. He's this nigga came back to life in 30 different decades as a different robot. Like, what the hell? That's, I don't know. They was trying to tell us some shit because I keep on reading stories about robots. That, it was a story a couple weeks ago that broke before we got into the new year. I think it was right towards the end. There was a warehouse plant somewhere in Austin, Texas, and one of the people that worked there got beat up by the robot. And I said, what the hell? Is this what they were trying to tell us was about to happen in ter on Terminator? I don't know what to I don't know what to say. I can't go to work and then get beat up by a robot. It's different getting beat up by your own co-worker. At least you can fight back getting beat up by a machine. I didn't sign up to be on the Avengers. That's not what we do. I'm not a, I'm not an X-Man. I'm not an X-Man. You understand? I'm not. You know, but all jokes aside, like it just, again, shows you that time continues to just ain't nothing changing with time except the numbers, you know, like, and I hate to be so philosophical right now, but we're still arguing about motherfuckers going to work, not getting paid, not having good health insurance, not having any pensions or any benefits in today's time. What you going to do about that, Joe Daddy Biden? Then we go and talk about inflation, you know, rent groceries, gas, all that shit is rising. And yet and still, I'm still making, you know what the minimum wage here in Missouri is. And as of Ju January 1st, this year, 2024, the, the minimum, the minimum hourly rate in this city, in this state is, it went from $12 to $12 and 35 cents. What is you, what is, oh, that ain't even a whole take of gas, Joe. Joe, that ain't even a whole, this is me and you talking, you know, it ain't even, if you was listening to me directly, Joe, what is a person going to work making $12? Oh, and excuse me, since it's past January 1st and it's a new law here in Missouri, you get, instead of the minimum wage being $12, nigga, let me give you 35 extra cents. That is just like America to sit there and tell you a raise is 35 cents. We living in the dark ages. I don't know what to tell you. I will say this. You know, as far as people going to vote, I've said it multiple times on this show. I am not an advocate for telling people to vote, not to vote. That's for you to make that decision for you and your life. Um, I necessarily don't vote all the time. I don't know if I will this year. Um, we'll see how it goes as we just go with it. I always have said that I think that we just, in order for us to actually have a better system, we have to burn what we already doing because clearly it's not working. In order for change to happen, we have to break down what we've used to do and, and find a new to do. You understand? But I understand that Rome wasn't built in, the, in a day. But with this election, I understand that it fixed, you know, it's the nuance in these, in these, in these laws. You know, we got the whole reproductive system issue that women have to face every day. Then we got these politicians want to keep raising taxes and inflation. So I understand, you know, I, 
But at the end of the day, don't nobody need no goddamn Trump back in the back in the office. When that motherfucker was old, was our president, I wrote a lot of goddamn jokes. I still got stashed somewhere around when he was on TV. I'm talking about didn't give a damn that he was on TV. It's like your boss getting up there on TV and and telling the telling the whole company and other companies like. Fuck y'all benefits today, you know what I'm saying? You we ain't we ain't running in payroll. What? And then the person in payroll that actually works in payroll is like, no, we, we everybody's deductions came out. It, it's 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 running like it's supposed to. And he telling everybody that no, it didn't happen. What? And that's not even a that's 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 tame to what he was really doing on TV every single day. We don't need that type of energy in in office you know we already have to deal us you know minorities like you write people like the, the the people look at me i ain't never gonna get no 10 million dollar check where i keep uh saying white people like that i'm gonna have to edit that out anyway you know that's not gonna help or change anything trump you know and all the people that's for him but again america is a capitalistic place we know this already so i guess you do your due diligence you know what i'm saying Vote for who you vote for. Be there. We got more shenanigans to see. You get me? You know, you got all of these schools and all of these places around the country with these politicians that's all connected. Ron DeSantis and uh, Josh Hawley here in Missouri. And I'm sure I can name other Republican officials. And they're really... Even here in Missouri, we had a situation that's happening a lot in Florida and all these other places where you got these politicians and lawmakers that want to erase history. Excuse me? If that, again, is not the most American thing that I've ever seen, you can't erase history. If I got to sit here two years later and watch them on CNN talk about these people that I'm not going to say taking over this monument, this building where people are coming to work every day and they're raising hell, running through the building. They're not supposed to be there. They're taking it over like it's mine. You telling me I got to hear about that two years later in history? Is if that's moments, you know, monumental, but I can't learn about slavery at school in the library? What would I do without a library card? Like, what did Arthur tell y'all on the episode? Like, y'all remember the show. Go back and look at it. But what are you sitting here trying to tell me right now? You trying to tell me that we can learn about January 6th, 2021, when we had Trump in office, but I can't, a kid that's an African-American in this country or whatever we want to define ourselves since that's a label too, this kid can't learn about our history then you got other people taking away criti- critical race theory, a fancy title to try to say that that didn't happen. We're erasing history. And then you got fucking um, Republicans and people that are trying to get those, you know, get into office, getting on TV. And I can't remember the lady name that I saw do this, but she's a Republican rep or whatever. in one of them hick ass towns, you go, you go, you go do your own research on it, you know, look it up. But she was on one of their, you know, press meetings or state or whatever the fuck they be talking about where they debating politics and all this other stupid shit we do when we go vote on people but you know we keep voting in america this is the system we got y'all like this this shit is like a putting a symbol in the avengers that's how i feel like it is but anyway you got this lady they asked her which what was why did we have the silver rights what was or excuse me not the silver rights i said silver rights check me bruh why do we have the silver war you know what I'm saying what was the point of that in american history at that time why what was the intricate pieces of it and i already knew when i heard that question 
how that question is going to translate over to different demographics I'll use, right? <laughs> because so many people have that answer here in America wrong of why we was in, why there was war between the South and the North and the freedoms. It had nothing to do with y'all and this Confederate flag and everything to do with the fact that it was if you wanted to have niggas or not in your house cooking and cleaning for you and selling them. That's what that meant. And she up there laughing, ha ha ha, like trying to tell us that that's not what it was. And and then you got all these other senators and Republic people, Republicans telling us, oh, we benefited off of uh, slavery. What? What? So when I hear stuff like that and see the TV, it definitely makes me feel a way, you know, living in this country in America every day and not getting on this platform that I even have and telling people not to go vote. But this ain't no segment because I don't want y'all to think I'm getting paid by those niggas. I take all of they signs out of my yard and throw them over in the street. So you ain't got to ever ask if Ashlyn is getting no funded from no political figures. I don't do that. But with that being said, more politic talks to talk about, I guess, you know, we gonna get on to the next topic and the next topics <laughs> i don't even know where to start goddamn when i put the list together of what i wanted to talk about on the show when it came to hot topics and so forth i was like we only been in the in in the in the in the new year for like seven days and it's been goddamn it's been shit after shit after shit after shit when i look at my timeline i look at my socials you got cat williams telling everything and got taraji she's you know it's hard out here for sure she's still trying to get her money to pay the rent and oprah won't give it to her i don't even know where to start you got disney princesses finally telling us that she had a baby you know and hiding it from the world and the other boyfriend excited and trolling on the internet i, I just this it's, and then you got the other guy that just lost his job you know what i'm saying he got the boot now he want to come out and tell people, you know, I didn't assault a white woman on Good Morning America on Monday. I don't, it's only been seven, like five or six, seven days. And then I ain't, don't even get on the comedians, you know, as a fellow comedian who who also can understand where maybe a Cat Williams and other people are coming from and all the comedians coming out. You, you got fire in that. You, you, I don't know where to start. I don't know. The celebrities have been losing their mind already. If this is what we got to look forward in 2024, baby, I'm going to have some very funny episodes this year because they, they acting a fool. That's all I'm going to say. I guess we start here. Let's talk about the color purple, color purple and everything since that. I did talk about wanting to go see the color, color purple on Christmas. And I did. Um, it was a, it was a very joyous time. I love the movie. Um, we're still talking about it now. These couple weeks later, of course, cause it's the hot topic of the Hollywood movie, you know, the charts and all of that, because it is such, it's splash, you know, and the color purple is such a, is, is a piece that so many people gravitate to. And so many people have so many different opinions about it. Alice Walker's book. So is, you know, I figured that this would, this is what it was going to be after the movie actually hit the, you know, hit the theaters because of the impact of the project. So, you know, when to go first, we'll get into the movie and then we get to what everybody has said about the movie and some of the conversations on the timeline that I've seen and Taraji still telling us about, you know, all the struggles that Suge had out there trying to get this money to pay the rent. I told you, um, the movie itself, uh, the, this adaption I felt was done very well, very, very much. It very much was. And I also look at, from my perspective, I'm 33, right? I wasn't even alive when the first movie came. You get me? <laughs> I saw the after effects into the 90s and so forth into time from the first movie. 
Uh, I never actually also saw the Broadway play either. Shout out to Fantasia who also played on the in the musical. But I watched the 19, was it 1984? Yeah, because the book came out in 82 and then the movie came out in 84. So I used to, like any other black person, we watched this movie a million times over, especially being a black woman. You know, we pretty much been told to read this book since we popped out of our mama's vagina. You understand? <laughs> because of the themes and how deep this book is with, you know, now the after effects of slavery, colorism, um, abusive relationships, finding your voice, getting there, the whole story. We know all that. Sisterhood, friendship, heartbreak, all of it. So with that being said, I think this movie, if you... And of course, we can't help but compare it to the other movie, of course. But just in today's time, I think the best thing to say is this one heavily focuses on character development and more story. And what I mean by that is the characters are much more fleshed out. You understand why Mr. is the way Mr. is. You understand why Celie is the way she is. I think, of course, in the 1984 movie, the reason, another reason why it got so much flack and so much criticism, not because it's black people, we always get flack and criticism when it comes to the mainstream world, whether it's internally within our our culture, right? Black people to black people and then on the mainstream world, right? Because first, it's always going to be conflict amongst us. <laughs> Fighting. That's the, you know, you niggas don't know how to do this. Uh, black men, that, blah, blah, all that shit, right? And so, if you understand where I'm coming from. But I think this one, the the 84 movie, still Spielberg, when, you know, I can tell is coming from a place of a person that's doing it the best. The, he did the movie the best justice he could, but I still feel like the reason why a lot of black men and a lot of backlash that that one got is because it does make their characters, the men in there, all look like they ain't shit. Now, with that being said, this one gives these characters that still ain't shit <laughs> more reason to understand why they wasn't shit. Understand? And then it also fleshes out more of their character. Like I liked, and if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil a few things. My apologies, you know, but it's, this is a known story. I don't feel like I'm in the movie been out for over two weeks. So, you know, just skip out what I'm going to say if you don't want to hear it. But anyway, as far as this one, I feel like it, it it dove like it delved into her uh silly and mister coming back in the book that happens in the book is more detailed and more descriptive as we know a book will be because it has a lot more time to elaborate on the story but with steven spielberg's movie it's so cut out like some of the storyline is so cut out that you don't even know that mister and silly end up becoming cool again you get what I'm saying not in relation like that type like they were at that you know their situation that they had it was more of we are at an understanding of forgiveness I forgive you you forgive me let's move on take a such strong person to sit there and you know do that especially with what he did to her but you also understand the negative effects of abuse and how it's handed down to each person layer by layer and how it affects them and you also have to deal with women being property at the time to men and also colorism and all that other all them other isms and shit right <laughs> so i feel like this one really 
told more of the story. And even in the 84 movie, his son, Mr. Son, Harpo, doesn't even have a lot of... I feel like in, in Steven Spielberg's movie, he's a buffoon. Like, I, I hate to say that, but I feel like the way they approached his character was very buffoonish. Whereas in this one, you know, they actually give him a story with Sophia. They show us a man that has ambition and drive even more. And that's how his character was in the book as well. So I wanted to credit them and how they wrote this movie as well too. And also adding in, it was a lot lighter and softer than the 84 movie, which is why they get so much criticism about that movie. Because the 84 version is, it is, it's heavy as fuck. It, it is 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 real gut wrenching. Not saying that this one isn't because the story in general is gut wrenching, but it's it, this new one leans more on to the inspirational part, like I just talked about earlier. Forgiveness, forgiveness is one of those things we all all characters in that book had to face, and of course, people that have ever lived in traumatic situations. If you want to heal, you can't have forgiveness without healing. <laughs> Look at me trying to therapy somebody's shit. Anyway, you know, but this one leans on it very much so and I like that it's a lot more lighter and a little more inspirational because like the the Steven Spielberg movie is is very heavy and dark and you know with the kids like to say y'all traumatizing us that's trauma porn so you got this one that leans like I said more on the center of friendship the inspirational part like all this fucked up shit can happen to you but you still got to keep going and you still can live to see another goddamn day. Shout out to Silly. As far as all the acting and the musical aspects, man, this this movie is hit it. I give it a 9 out of 10 on the musical aspects, the songs, um the acting was great. The only thing I still don't like is the is the casting of uh ha- uh Haley Bailey. Shout out to the new mom. <laughs> uh her and DDG, but her as Nettie didn't she didn't do a bad job. She acted very well. I wish that they could have made her look a little older and make her play her as an older adult. But I understand they couldn't. Who the hell told Sierra to, to pop up? That was the most random shit. When I was in the theater, I was like, why do they, why did they cast Nitty as, as Sierra? Why, who, what Hollywood decision did y'all think that that, that made any sense? But I'm not going to go there today. That's because I don't want to feel like I'm always hating on Sierra. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to feel that way. But overall, the movie was great. Um, so now that we've gotten that off the table, how I felt about the movie and all of that, there's been so much backlash because obviously before we even saw the movie, we had them, the cast, doing the promo tour. And Taraji, yeah, we talked about this already on another episode. Taraji's been telling us, Dropping hints about not getting paid and why we ain't seen her and Cookie Lion and all that other shit that didn't go where, you know, where it wasn't supposed to go in her life. And now here we are weeks later after the movie now has been released. You know, they had a very strong opening weekend when it came out the Christmas day. As we know, it came out on Christmas. So that's a big time where people are going to the movies. They're taking their families you know, and that's the, the really when your box your box office numbers are the first week are strong. We all know that that leads up to success in the future. But since it's a black movie and everybody want to talk about the black people shit, it started off good on Christmas Day. This is a hundred million dollar movie that you know it took them a hundred million dollars to make this, which I still believe that. And 
it all it, it started off with strong numbers like they said like 18 million which is a big debut which says a lot about the testament of people going to the movies if you said this is the biggest debut on christmas day in all these years you know all these new york times reported that, that that shows you that people really like watching movies at home. I think that's what that tells you. But that's neither here or there. But the next day after Christmas and into now, the movie has pretty much saw like a 60 to 70 percent drop in, in revenue. And people want to know why, you know, why is this movie not selling? Why is it not? I think it actually would make I mean, we can we can debate all we want. Of why, of course, there's always a reason to why, but I think a multitude of different things play a part in it. It's definitely the fact that Taraji e is stepping on the rollout. I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> I mean, everybody's supposed to speak their truth, but it, it does make people look at you like, damn, why are you telling us we want to go see the movie and you up here crying about your pay? Like, and come to find out, Oprah, Oprah and the other folk ain't paying them to, you know, to have their own dressing rooms. She telling us all the tea, like Taraji, girl, it's hard out here for all of us. But I think that contributes to one of the issues. I think people also don't go to the movies as much as people want to keep acting like they do in today's time. The movies has literally been, literally been struggling since I probably was a teen. You know, yeah, people went to the movies even back then, but we have so much technology to watch shit everywhere. And I think it's the most boomer shit ever that people don't, they, these people make all these hundred million dollar movies and all this other shit. And I get it. You know, we, we want good quality. We want good content. We, the people, we just want to watch a good ass movie. Y'all the ones that make all this shit expensive, but I understand shit is expensive. But at the end of the day, you know, we was cool if you just if you say hey everybody can pay five ninety nine to rent this movie at home, I would probably say let's watch it at home versus going to the movie. So I think that also contributes, but nobody ever wants to listen to me when I say that in conversation. But I'm like we just in a different time. Movies don't be making seventy hundred or excuse me, I'm making up numbers, but the movies don't just make seven hundred million dollars like that no more. Like you get special ones, but that's not every single movie. So I think all of that is just the deflection because of course all eyes are on the cast because this is a, a an adaption that everybody loves and now we're making a new one in today's time and it was it's it's Oprah it's Tyler Perry oh my god it's supposed to sell all this money I personally think even if Taraji didn't tell us about all of that she got going on which we'll get into in another here in a second but I still think the movie would probably had a big opener on Christmas day and it would have dropped that's just my personal opinion open to conversation about it if someone disagrees but i mean i just i don't think people be going to movies like that they can they can inflate these numbers all they want people go to the movies i mean beyonce just sold a whole bunch but she was like baby we we release it for a couple and then we gonna get out of here you know what i'm saying i'm not looking to make 70 80 90 million it is what it is <laughs> we get what we get but anyway taraji Pretty much, again, it's still opening up the fact that, and everybody, of course, want to come at Oprah, but everybody feels like Taraji shouldn't be speaking about her pay issues and the, her telling us that goddamn The Color Purple almost didn't make it because, she, one, she didn't feel like she was getting, she originally was offered a good good paying salary. She also doesn't didn't feel like they wanted to she told a story about 
they filmed this movie in Atlanta and, and, you know, in Tyler Perry Studios, which they say is huge. I actually want to go see it, but I don't think you can go do tours. You know, he's Tyler Perry is whatever. Right. You feel what you feel about him. I'm not going to get into it because one day I want to get some money. Right. <laughs> no, like this nigga digging this shit up. I've said enough on the Internet about Tyler Perry. But anyway, Tyler Perry and all of them at the down, the, the down at the down at the big old studio in Atlanta. And, uh, and Taraji told us, you know, they didn't have no dressing rooms to themselves everybody was pretty much the whole cast using dressing rooms together it wasn't no food on no set bitch we here for 12 13 14 hours y'all can't bring in a chicken wing or two goddamn suge's stomach is is growling we hear it on the back tape we hear her stomach on the back tape and you ain't you couldn't get a chicken wing or two and then when we when you yell cut we gotta she gotta go in the back and then everybody in the same room getting they makeup and hair and, and they sit down time in the same room that's a lot then you got me in the middle of atlanta niggas be stealing in atlanta you want me to rent a car from down from the hertz and drop and ride myself up drive around in the city i don't even live in to come to, to the studio now other people of course in the industry as i was reading on twitter i don't know i don't make movies i've never been on a movie set before i'm not an actor you understand uh, so i don't when you you a, a regular person that's far removed from the industry would look at that and be like well why is she complaining you got they rented you a car you got a hertz you you went down i mean you went to down to the hertz you got to go rent a car like why are you complaining? That's nice, you know, because we're not in their industry and it's not industry specific to us, right? But in her world, you got to think like you're on a set for 13 hours filming a scene. If they tell you to come in at 9 a.m., a lot of the people that were talking about it that were in the industry, I was reading on Twitter and Reddit, they were like, they have worked on sets and stuff before. They're like, yeah, you there for seven seven to 12 hours sometimes because you, and if one person is late, that throws off the whole time of them being there because you got to get makeup done. You got to get hair, hair and makeup. You got to review lines. Sometimes they change stuff with the scripts as things happen. You know, and then it's late at night. I've been here since nine o'clock in the morning. I'm not getting off of work till it's one or two o'clock in the morning. You telling me I don't even know how to get around. You want me to drive in the city where they be carjacking niggas? Absolutely not. I understand, you know, and it probably it's a liability. You get me? With insurance, you you and it's probably cheaper for them actually to just get you a driver that you can have instead of renting out a car and actually logically makes sense when I think about that out loud, you know, or to myself here, you paying for a rental, you paying that, you paying a steeper bill because you got to use that. I mean, if she there six months shooting this movie, like you going to have a driver, you want to pay for a rental for six months? Like, yo, okay, you got it like that. But, you know, I think a lot of people in Hollywood and Hollywood in general, they're just, they're, they're outing with their lifestyle. I've said this before on here, they're outing what the real lifestyle is. And a lot of us don't believe what it is, is what it is, you know, for them, they're not as rich and not as famous, but I don't think people will ever see the bigger, the bigger, the bigger point of things is everybody's not rich. Everybody not getting their money like that. And these people are not doing anything except saying the same thing that us regular people are saying also in our jobs. People ain't getting paid what they supposed to be getting paid. Um, but hopefully they can make it on the, you know, re-up on the DVD. Well, damn, we ain't even got DVDs no more. So Color Purple can't even make the back end of the money when they come out the theaters. Well, they better charge some niggas on, uh, y'all better put that shit on streaming and get people to watch it. That's, that's what it is in today's time. Moving on, child. It's, 
as a as a fellow comedian myself, I think this is probably the best. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at this topic, and we're gonna close it out this week. But you know, I I as a comedian, I kind of understand and find it so interesting that Cat Williams has exploded on our timelines <laughs> and everybody talking about him. And I find it so funny. Cat Williams is a favorite of mine, like a lot of other people. And by now, if you don't know, he didn't went on. Let me do a quick synopsis and then I will get into my thoughts. He went on Shannon Sharp show. If y'all know who Shannon Sharp is, he the one that got Club Shay Shay. He used to be on that show with that other white man called, uh, you know, Undisputed down there. I used to watch Undisputed, you know, and then they blew up the spot and now Skip show still ain't, you know, he got Sherman and a whole bunch of other NFL players that know all the people that was on ESPN, they fired. He just got them all on his show now. We ain't going to talk about that. So you got Shannon Sharp, who's now on first take with Stephen A on ESPN. And now he has his other production things, his podcast, his other podcast with Ocho Cinco. That's Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. If y'all know, is his last name Johnson? I might say that wrong, but y'all know who I'm talking about, Ocho Cinco. I'm not a big football girl, so don't don't get upset at me. Don't shoot the messenger here. But they got another show on his called Nightcap or whatever. That where they review what's going on in pop culture as well, too. Everybody has a goddamn podcast. Y'all y'all already know that, right? So he has an interview uh, platform called Club Shay Shay. He really needs to change that. that He needs to change that shit. But whatever. Who am I to tell another grown man what to do? So Club Shay Shay had a guest on Club Shay Shay. And that was Mr. Cat Williams himself. And this is my ladies and gentlemen. This was one week ago. And this man literally came and did this interview and now he up 22 million views on youtube because cat williams is dragging everybody from everybody from here to timbuktu telling on comedians stealing jokes cedric the entertainer i can't believe said out here stealing jokes you you mean to tell me cat williams put it all out there on the line cat you mean to tell me that cedric the entertainer a st louis sister right here Looking up, and look, I put the extra here on there, too, to talk about Big C. You mean to tell me that Cedric the Entertainer, one of the good, good, good brothers of the original kings of comedy, one of my best, one of my funniest, the funniest sets on kings of comedy. I didn't say the funniest. I said one of the funniest. This because we already know who had the best set on kings of comedy, right? But you mean to tell me one of the part of my favorite jokes on there is him talking about backing that Cadillac up you mean to tell me that's stolen from Cat Williams and why did the internet pull up the receipts Cat Williams was airing the chop out man he was telling he was talking about the Illuminati and and people stealing jokes and how other comedians are haters and how a lot of them had to wear dresses to you know say they sell they pretty much sell they sold for some money he definitely had a lot to say about Steve Harvey he definitely called Kevin Hart an industry plant I mean, this is a two and a half hour interview. Y'all, they didn't chopped it up on everything on the internet by now. So, you know, what I'm saying is pretty much just catch up and follow up from what everybody else has already said. But the thing I think of that's interesting about it and one that can speak from it as a comedian and trainer herself. I don't think you should ever tell your jokes in front of other comedians. I think all comedians steal. I've hung out with comedians also in mixers and local events open mic things in the past and 
I can definitely tell you I never have let out my own material to them. I think everybody still. <laughs> everybody hides it with inspired, but everybody steals. You get what I'm saying? But to see your joke that you did on Comic View end up on this nigga big ass movie with all these other guys, yeah, I would feel away. But Cat Williams has always been a person that has been very much not the of the industry. So I can believe him when he says that it's some strange things that happen behind the scenes in Hollywood for a lot of people to get their roles, get that payola, baby, get that payout. Hey, listen, a person comes to you and want to cut you a hundred million dollar check. I don't know what to do about that. I probably would tell the nigga no, because I don't even know if I can handle that amount of stress. And there's somebody that's listening to me right now, like, she bullshitting somebody come to me and offer me a hundred million dollar check you gonna take that shit i don't know i would think about it because a hundred million dollars is a lot of money and listen i don't know if i got that much soul left to sell <laughs> i'm just playing but you know but the industry is a dark place and ken williams has always stood on business when he came like the key is like to say quote unquote standing on business but ken williams has always been a person that has said what he meant and meant what he say. And I do respect that. And I do believe him because he hasn't sown out. And a lot of people do a lot of strange things behind closed doors. And I think that's what he was really, essentially just trying to tell us. Like, you know, once black men with them dresses on in Hollywood, they go crazy. <laughs> you know, and I don't think it has anything to do with the dress and more of the fact that you don't want to do something that somebody else is trying to make you live out a stereotype or a caricature or be dehumanizing or demeaning to someone, you know, and people will because it's some money. And, you know, since this interview came out, everybody that he named in the interview plus some because everybody want they five to 10 minutes of fame and they going to say something or have an opinion. So you got all these motherfuckers that's coming out. Aries Spears. We ain't seen this nigga in 20 years. Where he been at? Uh, Tiffany Haddish then came out and responded because he didn't he he sent her astray as well too. They, but he's this ain't the first time he didn't said Tiffany Haddish astray. Cedric the Entertainer, he came out. You know, that was 30 years ago, man. You know, uh I, I'm a grown man. I stand on my business, you know, and you know, get over it. I'm grown. I helped you get on, you know. And I'm here to also tell you, comedians are probably the most sensitive people you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah, I said what I said, and I'm standing on business as a person who's also who also has been sensitive about things. Maybe not as sensitive as some of the people that we that have responded to this Cat Williams interview, but comedians are very sensitive. It takes a very sensitive person to get on tape, be able to get on stage and make people laugh about things that are traumatic or painful. Now, I didn't say you're supposed to do that, which I always argue with a lot of the OG comedians and people I know whether they be in my family or people I come across, you know, this whole cancel culture thing, right? It always goes back to that. I don't think that something should be offensive. I don't think you should find funny and being offensive, but because the range of a lot of people is something also Cat Williams touched on. The range of a lot of comedians is not that far, so they have to rely on being offensive. And then we came up in a time back in the day from the 90s on to now and even before the 90s when motherfuckers was being offensive you know saying jokes about communities and other people and 
roasting people and that that's 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 what it was that was okay and now we in today's time where that's not okay and the people want to bring it up and that's a lot of people think that's why comedy is dying i don't personally think that it just makes us comedians be more creative right and what we find funny and what we say is funny but anyway that's neither here nor there comedians are sensitive right and I feel like this only just helps Cat Williams because that nigga on tour and he coming here in St. Louis in March. I probably might buy a ticket or two just because he just set up the whole internet. He just he just set the internet ablaze. This nigga is now a part of meme meme culture, the internet history, and and, and it's great. You know, it's it's really great. Shout out to Cat Williams. And I know this. I said Cat Williams was gonna be the last topic, but real quick on some TV talk, I finally sat down and watched rap shit that. That is a great show right there. Issa Rae, I'm going to have to give you a hand clap. You did it again. I didn't understand it when I first tried it the first time. And then I came back around because of a friend told me to get on it uh, again, like try it again. And and he was right. And everybody else that was telling me that this show was right, uh, good is, is right on the money, man. Rap shit is great. I love the wittiness in it. I love the realness, the authentic Miami-ness and the characters. And I love the humor in it as well, too. And I understand the circumstances of what they're trying to do just so they can get on the two girls, you know what I'm saying, to make the money. But it's a it's a real good show. If you want a good laugh and want a good character arc with some little funniness in there, go ahead and check that show out. I ain't really watching nothing else. Once I finish that, I'll probably pick up something else. But yeah, just wanted to shout out that show. Hopefully it gets picked up for another season because I did read that it wasn't gener you know it wasn't generating the audience like that so hopefully it don't get canceled we haven't heard anything on it but it's 2024 you never know you just never know child they might still get greenlit but anyway this has been another great edition of the sisters acting up podcast i appreciate all of you sitting and listening to me wherever you are listening to my voice make sure you stay safe out here in these streets love yourself first um, and then make because if you love yourself first, you can love somebody else better in our community, of course. And um, make sure you come back and tune in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. All right, be easy, y'all.